Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. And that didn't get in the podcast. No. I think there's more. You just talking shit about Lindsay and her dad. They're having a lot of fun. And they're she knows it. And I'll just make a comment at the beginning something about how not 100% sure how it's going to sound because, you know, it's an experiment with this right. microphone. Yeah, let's experiment. But it should work. Um, I did one similar to this one time with Brandon Hanby. I, we were up there recording one day. And after Eric and Ben left, me and Brandon recorded an episode. And he's like, Let's use the condenser mic. And so we just had one mic. And uh, it worked. It worked. It worked just fine. Um, talk but yeah, it's, a, it's an experiment with, with the microphone. And it may or may not work out. It'll, you'll be able to hear it for sure. But if it's echoey or something like that, which I'm not anticipating, well, actually, in this room, possible. It's possible. They have some reverb. But I, I, I've dealt with all that before. It's not yeah. like it's nothing I haven't dealt with. Yeah. Um, I did one outside by, by a campfire one time. Yeah. Oh, and nice. talked about a real pain in the ass. That one was a real pain in the yeah. ass to edit. Um, yeah. Just to try to minimize the noise in the background and yeah. and, and make crickets. it you hear everything. Yeah, there were a lot of crickets. There were a lot of crickets. Yeah. Have y'all seen the Pixel, the new Pixel Eight that like you know the magic eraser on the Google Pixel? Yeah. They have one for sound. Well, there's there's programs you can no, do. No, it's kind of wild. To get I mean, rid it's not fun. I think it's pretty no, cool. I, 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 no, I have like six mics on the back <clears> of the phone too. I don't. I don't know. I refuse to let that part of it. It's like all directional. <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 and, and some people have told me like there's plugins and stuff you can use to get rid of some of that that work better than what you can get in Audacity. But like I'm not spending a lot of money on something like that. I just dealt with it. So you had the Audacity. Yeah. Maybe Audacity. <laughs> Sandy Carlton filmed an episode in the pavilion during while well, the while it was raining one time. Well, I, I also couldn't did understand it. a word anyone said. I was doing an episode with some friends outside at their house. And we just decided to do it on the porch. Uh-huh. There was a rainstorm that came by, and they had a tin roof. <laughs> and for about three minutes, I think I kept going. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'm like, well, we've got to stop till this is stopped. <laughs> and and <laughs> right. I dealt with it in the podcast. I left all that stuff in, but, you know, it was like, you could still hear everybody. Yeah. You can hear the rain a lot. <laughs> Coming up. I tried to listen to that one because I was actually interested in the musician he's interviewing. And I was singing. like, I can't. <laughs> I don't know what she's saying. The ancient She's a quiet talker, too. So. <laughs> yeah, I got 30 hours to record. So we're good. We're good. All right, Ann. 30 so, hours. And we'll have to eat at some point. So. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so today, oh, my, my guest is a, is a band called Yaller. And Yaller is from Shelby, uh, Shelby, North Carolina. There's like, like there's another Shelby. I'm, I'm sure there is. But there is. The world famous Shelby, North Carolina, right, I should that's say. Right. <laughs> um, and. Uh, this is a band that I, I found out. I saw you guys on New Year's Eve last year. Uh, but I've seen, I, I know Kim from, from high school, and I'll tell all that in a minute. 
just trying to figure out where I'm going here. But yeah. I saw you guys for the first time on, on New Year's Eve last year, and I was just blown away by how awesome and different it was. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have you guys on the podcast. Hey, thanks. Um, and glad to call you guys my friends. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Likewise. I, I love being awesome and different. I yeah. think that's, <laughs> that's good. That was our first show. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was cool. It was like, I think at that time y'all played mostly covered songs, maybe right. one or two originals. Yeah. But it was like the one original. One original. Yeah, yeah. Was like, but yeah. all the cover songs you played were just it was like, wow, they're playing this, they're playing that. Oh, Heck that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we put together the band to play that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just us. They were asked, like, you guys have a punk band, right? And we just said, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll get to all that in a little bit. Um, I always like to start my podcast kind of with the question that I sort of subconsciously read from Mike Watt, I guess. Uh, but that's sort of what was one of your early musical memories, something that really kind of stuck with you throughout the years. And we can kind of start anywhere we want to. But when we do this, I'm just going to get you to say who you are, what you do in the band, and... Um, then just kind of tell what your musical early musical memory is, um, and Mark saying no, so I'm gonna let Galaxy start. <laughs> um, I have a lot of early musical memories. Say who you are and what you. Oh yes, sorry. Hey, listen, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm like, hey, okay. okay. All right, I'm Galaxy Lineberger, and I am a vocalist for Yaller, and. Um, I would say one of my earliest musical memories would be just listening to a lot of music at home because when I was little, my dad was a, a radio DJ for WNCW. So he played a lot of different stuff around the house. We listened to a variety of things. And uh, beyond that, it would be getting a little CD player and then dad would make me mix CDs with really eclectic songs on them. One of which was literally titled Hipster Primer. <laughs> so that's why it turned out like this. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I always got called Hipster Dad by my, my daughter's friends. And yeah. I'm like, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I'd rather be that than a loud dad. Or, yeah. Yeah. I'm Jason Lineberger, and I play the guitar, the plus five guitar in uh, Y'all Are. And I'll just pick a memory from when Galaxy was a baby. <laughs> so um, I was, uh, as she said, working at, at WNCW at that time. And I was not only doing a radio show, but I was reviewing albums, reviewing about mm-hmm. 20 albums a week. Yeah. And so I would, Joe Kendrick would send me a stack of records or you know, CDs. And, and uh, I got to where I was trying to teach and I was also going back to school and it, it was just too much so uh sorry joe i um i started speeding up my reviews and the way i would speed them up is i would just put it on and watch what galaxy did yeah and if she would start grooving a little bit like doing a little like she's before she could even walk she'd start doing like her little bouncy dance i was like i would write this is an excellent record <laughs> it's sure to be popular and if she didn't if she just Turned up her nose at it. I was like, mm. And her tastes were pretty eclectic uh, as a less than one-year-old. I remember she loved surf rock, mm-hmm. like any kind of surf guitar stuff. And she really loved like Japanese noise rock. Okay. Like like Guitar Wolf was a, a particular oh, yeah. favorite of yeah, hers. And great. just <laughs> super walls of noise. And she would just sort of dance to that. You know, there's no beat in those songs. <laughs> 
But then also like some of that twee pop stuff. So I remember those were big hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tel Aviv was one of her early mm-hmm. favorites. Well, uh, I'm Zach Wheeler, and I play the saxophone and the keyboards and honestly a lot of other things. I uh, actually play music for a living and got into this Yaller thing um, through Galaxy. Me and her are a, a couple. And uh, <laughs> so to think of the least awkward way to say that. <laughs> a couple. A couple of what? A couple exactly. of weirdos. And, um, and yeah, uh, I guess my earliest musical memory. Uh, the, oh, the earliest one was I can remember being in my dad's car riding down the road. And me and my little brother used to love James Brown. For whatever reason, that was like our favorite. Well, not for what. He's still one of my favorites. He's like top three for me still. But yeah, I can remember being in the car and being like, put on James Brown, daddy, put on James Brown. Like literally just, I I love. But to that point, like I haven't actually listened to a ton of punk music until getting in this band. So it's been really cool just kind of like exploring new music, even though I've done music for so long yeah, yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about that some too because you play like like jazz and other, other, other yeah. styles of music obviously. a lot yeah pretty much I, any styles sense, i can yeah. i can get get my hands on i yeah. try to try to dabble in everything but yeah sweet i'm kim moyer and i play drums um and i was thinking about that earliest musical memory and i'd really think this was my like probably my first musical memory um was my uncle this is gonna date myself big time but my uncle gave me an eight track player and some Beatles eight tracks and I just remember sitting in my bedroom listening to them mm-hmm. and like I loved all of it but I really really loved the song Penny Lane and I would just listen to that song over and over and over um, and I was probably about I would say maybe like five or so um, so yeah that's yeah. Eight tracks were big for me too. Like yeah. that's one of my earliest musical memories was eight tracks. Really? Yeah. But it was like Sesame Street and Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wide range. Both silly. <laughs> <laughs> and for children. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand why the music didn't match the, the artwork. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I'm Mark. Uh, I play bass. And I don't know that it's not a specific uh, first sort of music memory, but my my childhood was was basically my parents were super into a lot of a wide range of music. So like everything from Joe Tex to Elvis, mm-hmm. they took me to see my first concert, which was um, uh, Alice Cooper, like in oh, 1970. Wow. I was like six years old wow, to see yeah, Welcome yeah. My Nightmare. <laughs> yes, just because nice. they knew it was a thing to go yeah. really. Yeah, I guess Alice Cooper was blowing up in '76. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> cool. I saw Cooper in '86. Nice <laughs> with Motorhead opening. Nice. That was awesome. Wow. So uh, with an episode like this, we got so many different musicians. A lot of these people, everybody pretty much has played in other bands. You know, well, I, I usually do like when I have one on one or just a couple of people. We do sort of an in depth like. When did you get started playing music? What did you do next after that and after that? So we'll kind of do that, but we'll do it a little bit more condensed. Um, today, I actually kind of want to start with Kim. Okay. Um, because me and Kim, actually, we both grew up in Kings Mountain. Yeah. Uh, we sort of knew each other in high school, yeah. but we weren't like really good friends. Mutual friends. It was like, yes. I think I knew her because, mostly because she played in band. And I wasn't in band, but Greg Bowen right. was one of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. But 
like in Kings Mountain, it was kind of hard to come by like cool music. You know, I'm sure Shelby's right. kind of the same. Um, but like in high school, what what kind of music were you listening to? Oh, at that nothing time? cool. I loved Hollow Notes. That was oh, like my I favorite. Love Notes. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's like my first favorite band. Um, and I guess when I was maybe about a senior in high school, I started getting exposed to stuff like REM and The Cure and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but it really wasn't until college where I became aware of like this whole world of like alternative music and yeah. 120 minutes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, mostly when I was in Kings Mountain, I listened, I listened to the rate, whatever was on like top 40 radio yeah, for the most yeah. part. And my, this is actually a very fond early musical memory of mine. Um, a cousin of mine like owned a radio station, like a top 40 station in Gastonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would give me the like American Top Forty on vinyl when oh, they yeah, were done yeah. with it, oh, <laughs> and it, which wow. was just so cool to have. Yeah, and oh, we lost that. I've got some of those country countdowns. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was really neat. And so I mean, I would listen to to it, you know, on the radio. But then after, like, just listen to those shows mm-hmm. um, over and over and over. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you said it was like college before you started getting into music, but you were already playing drums, obviously, but. How did you get interested in playing music? Did, was it something you thought you wanted to do, or is it just um, through the band? Yeah, well, really from DJing at the college radio station at UNCW. Because mm-hmm. um, I wanted, I've, I've always wanted to be a DJ. And I had thought about majoring in, like, broadcast journalism. So I went to a meeting for, like, um, prospective DJs. And I still, I love telling this story. Because Danny Ling, just really cool dude that was, like, the music director at um uncw for the radio station when i met with him like he was like i mean this was i'm a freshman in college so i'm still like coming with all my like old musical taste right mm-hmm. and he was like so tell me like what what kind of music do you like to listen to and i, I was like so proud to say hollow notes because i love them so much <laughs> i was like <laughs> hollow notes and he was like mm, we don't really play that kind of music we play um and i said weird music and he was like uh <laughs> You're hired. I guess. And he did. He still let me DJ. And, like, instantly I was like, wow, this is all stuff I've, like, never heard of. So I would just put something on usually, like, if I like the cover or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. But that was how I just started um, learning about, like, all this. I guess it was, like, kind of pre-grunge, you know, and, like, like some punk stuff and all of that. And I met um, a girl who also DJed. And I guess we got to talking, and I told her that I had played drums, like, in the band at school, mm-hmm. you know. And she's like, well, I'm starting a band, and you should, you know, come hang out, and we'll play some music. And we did. And, like, we never had a show or anything, but that was my first, like, Did you come up with the name for band. the band? Oh. I'm sure you did. <laughs> oh, oh, what is it, Kim? It I was, always like this question. It was called Your Brother's Fantasy. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Oh, that's getting a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. yeah, and it was so that's fun. That's a song. we got to write that. Yeah. And we weren't 
bad. I mean, we wrote some of our. We had a song called "Boys Suck." Yes. <laughs> this like, sounds like like a middle school band. <laughs> oh no, late bloomer. So yeah, and then um, we did that, that for a little bit, and then I got recruited by this guy to play drums in his band. Yeah, and so at that time, band. I was like, "Well, I can't play drums in two bands." Like. Like you would break up. It seemed like that's what people did then, though. It's like they would break. They would like break up one band to go mm. play in another band. You didn't really play in multiple bands then, mm. or not in, as far as I know. So I didn't. I did not. I was exclusive. I was like, can't play with you girls anymore. I gotta go play with this freak. I, I was I was a two band guy for for a little while. Yeah. Really, really two time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I was playing in high school, and then when I got to college, I met some guys. And they were like, man, we need a bass player. So then I started playing in both bands, and we booked shows together. So every time we played, I was playing twice. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should be in some more similar bands. So what was the, the band that you got recruited into? Oh, that was, they were called Tex Fingali. Tex Fingali, yeah. Mark, his friend Alan, and they had um, moved from Greensboro to Wilmington and were looking for a drummer. And I had, that summer, I had, I guess I'll just go and tell the story. <laughs> Hopefully that's okay, but it's short. And, and you can chime in anytime. <laughs> yeah, now. for sure. Well since he's the story now. <laughs> but no, I had um, part of the stipulation yeah, for my parents. Like, I could stay in Wilmington for the summer if I got a job. Mm-hmm. So I got a job at... Um, TCBY, and that lasted like about three or four days, and then I got fired. That's the only time I've ever been fired. So um, they didn't think I was going to be fast enough to make yeah. the yogurt. So, <laughs> this is true. Which I probably wasn't. Yeah, but no, no, I wouldn't. He knows. He knows how I am in the kitchen. I would not have been fast enough. So I, I got fired from a Froyo restaurant. Did you? But then I said, "Say, I said you're not going to fire me," and then they didn't. <laughs> I did. I, I did not think to try that. I didn't try that. You're, 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 we're gonna have to let you go. No, 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 sorry, no, can't do that. But anyway, that's I, inconvenient. <laughs> so I went. I got fired. I went. I put in an application at a record store, and then that very on the application to talk about how cool I was, I mm. mentioned something about playing the drums because it asked about your musical interest. Did I call you? Yeah. Well, then he showed up at the same record store that day yeah. to put up flyers looking for a band. 
And it's funny because I don't think this would happen now. It should. You shouldn't just yeah. give we a knew, girl's we knew, phone number. We to, knew the guy who was who right. was at the record store. Like he was he was a friend of ours, but like. Yeah. Yeah, like Mark comes in to the record store and I guess putting up the flyer and the guy who I didn't re- I barely yeah. knew him. He was like, yeah. well, "This girl came in this morning. Here's her number." <laughs> yeah. We're like, "We're looking for a drummer. You don't know anybody." He's like, "Well, this girl applied she this morning. Application. Yeah. Yeah. Application. Yeah. She, she, she wrote down. Know, she, right? <laughs> she wrote down on this information, <laughs> uh, personal information on this on this uh, application. Yeah. She's a drummer. You want her home number? I know. <laughs> so yeah, and the rest is. A mess. <laughs> well, the best part about that too is like when I sh- like when I showed up, like mm-hmm. I was very like I was very grimy compared to your very you know granola hippie girl at college and mm-hmm. like freshman at college. I was just grimy, and I showed up in a Chevette. <laughs> took you to the suburbs with your drum kit like you got in a fucking car with some <laughs> <I did>. rando <laughs> go to a house in the suburbs you're yeah. like you're still not at the bottom of the fucking well uh, <laughs> still not <laughs> yeah. uh, no it's true so anyway that, yeah, I don't remember what the question was well we were talking about texting golly well, oh, yeah. I have a question so, I, meant to, I actually meant to bring it there was a, a show that we booked yeah. at a place called Heretics in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, a bunch of bands. Mad Brother Ward was there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it's Style and Johnny Appleseeds or I think it was the Krusties. But anyway, there was a bunch of bands. Mm-hmm. Tex Fingali is on the slide. I don't remember Tex Fingali playing. I don't think Do you we happen played. to even remember anything Something happened. Somebody got sick or something we couldn't, happened. We, there was a, yeah, happened. we did have a show at the Heretics, but we didn't play it. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Yeah. You might have might have been <laughs> like seriously maybe it's possible <laughs> you might have because I remember I was talking to Matt about that and Matt's like no I think they didn't play that show in like, oh, I don't even remember it's, it's possible there was a, a, an incarceration situation <laughs> it happens it's all made incarceration it's very, it's very unclear at this point <laughs> we don't have to talk about that <laughs> so how was jail yeah <laughs> Never mind that well thing I did <laughs> before that. So that was, like, that was, that was different. <laughs> that was probably around what, around 92, 93? 93. Yeah, 93. Yeah, 93. That's Wilmington. How long, how long was Tex Spengali a band? Really long time, but not with... I mean, Kim wasn't in the band very long. Yeah. Um, she, she left the... She exited the band. Um... After a short while, but but Tex was around for a while. <laughs> Wasn't this short? I mean, at least we played together for at least a, a yeah. year and a half. Or yeah, something yeah, like about that. About I think years. about a year and a half or so. Yeah. And then yeah, you guys moved to Chapel Hill for a while and came back, and y'all were yeah. together like oh, I don't know six or seven years or so probably or yeah, more longer. Yeah, 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 almost ten. Why? Yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so after after that, what, what did you do after that? Did you keep playing music after that uh-huh. in, in Wilmington, yeah. or I always played music um, after that. And we'll go through them a I mean, I started a record a label. I did that for like ten years. I played drums in different bands. Yeah. Um, and you, what, what did you put out on the record label? Like, did you cassettes or did you put out CDs. CDs? It was right. Yeah, it was when people first started on CDs. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, a little bit of vinyl too. Yeah. Um, what was the, the name of the label? Eskimo Kiss Records. Okay. And um, you still use that that record label for your? No, not really. Well, I mean, I was really fortunate to get hooked up with like some decent um, digital dis- distribution okay, yeah, yeah. back then, um, and that I still have. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, but I don't use that name anymore. Yeah. Um, that name's kind of problematic, really. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I always know, like I used to Eskimo yeah. kiss with my grandma, and mm-hmm. like I just had very fond memories of that, and I thought it was a really sweet name, you know. But I, I mean. I put out a lot of, a lot of like um, North Carolina stuff, but then um, some of the like kind of bigger stuff I put out. Um, put out an album from Tracy Shedd. She's put out some stuff on Team Beat Records, and then um, Audio Explorations. They were really good. They were based in Jacksonville at the time. A band called The Glaciers from New York. Um, they were great, but a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, I and I played drums for um, a long time in a bunch of different bands, and then uh, then I moved to Atlanta <clears throat> in um, 2004 and started playing with some songwriters there. And that was when I first started like paying attention to kind of the craft of songs and yeah. like lyrics and stuff. And I was like, you know, I think I want to start writing songs. And so that was when I like started. Picked up a guitar and started writing songs mm-hmm. was in Atlanta. Now, did you all start with using good graces, or did you do something before that? Like, that was my first, um, like, songwriting project. Mm-hmm. Was the good graces. And it was just me at first, and I wanted to give it a name to put on MySpace. Yeah. And my grandmother found Grace, so I liked, mm-hmm. I liked that name. And yeah, I was yeah. surprised that it wasn't taken, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and still doing that to this day. Mm-hmm. And, and Mark, like, after Tex Fingali, what, what, did, you, did you do anything else with music? It seemed like I, I remember you saying no, not really. No, I, um, after Tex, no, after Tex was done, I, um, I, no, I stopped playing music altogether. I went. I got real serious about cooking. I did a. I was had a career as a chef, and then. Hmm. Wait, you can't turn on another band that I haven't mentioned. That was after text. 
yeah. You can you, you talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we did have. That's right. Well, we, we did reconnect. We, we reconnected at the beginning of the 2000s. Kim and I did. Yeah. We formed another band. Um, it was pretty, I mean, we were called Automatic Overdrive. We are pretty straightforward. Not, not super different from what we're doing now here. It's, it was pretty forward, you know. It was gar- I mean, it was garagey. Garage. It was all like garage, garagey, rocky. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. We reconnected on that, and then that band that that disintegrated, and we moved from there to Atlanta. And then after that, I basically stopped playing after that. Okay. That's true. <laughs> I forgot. Is there any music from that recorded that exists? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where. It's not out on any of the streaming sites or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it was never, right never got put up on Reverb Nation. Or, I don't think so. Or, it was uh, right before that. SoundCloud. People forget about that. Sometimes. Remember, there was something called Garage Band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we put it up on, like, not the not the doll not the Garage yeah, yeah, Band, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we put some stuff on Garage Band, and that was fun because you could, like, Mm-hmm. People would become fans and like make <clears throat> comments and stuff like that. We yeah. did make some CDRs. I don't know if we actually have have any of them anymore. Yeah, I, don't I, I really wish MySpace still existed because there's a lot of bands that had stuff yeah. on MySpace that just lost it. Right, it was all yeah, yeah all I know. Disappeared. It's unfortunate that that just doesn't exist somewhere where you can still access yeah, what yeah, was no. there, but yeah. not. But what happened was it should still be there. That something happened. Their servers just got. Erased. Yeah. <laughs> really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I thought, like a, it, I thought it was did still it out like, there. Oops, we should have done that. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> I don't know the exact story, but it was one of those situations where there's like yeah. after half after it was all over, they're like, "Oh, that happened." Uh oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, they were pretty much dead by that point anyway. Yes. Rest still be peace. nice. Let's still be there. <laughs> MySpace was awesome. <laughs> I never had a MySpace. Oh, okay. really? Well, there, there's yeah. there is a, like an internet, great. the Wayback Machine on the, the internet. Yeah, yeah. Machine. There yeah. might be some of it on there, but I don't I don't know. Huh. I've still got my first band's web. You can still find it on there, but like a, some of it's there and some of it's missing. Oh, some pictures okay. are gone. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about you now, Zach. Oh, okay. So, uh, when you were a kid, like, what kind of music did you like? And then, sort of, when did you decide when did you, when did you start playing an instrument? Um, I was into some pretty cool stuff. I mean, I still think it's cool. I mean, I liked a lot of just like James Brown, Earth, Wind and Fire, mm-hmm. Prince, like a lot of the funk, blues, not really into the jazz thing that early. Yeah. It was mostly like funk, blues, kind of like Michael Jackson to like dance music, 70s, 80s, pop. And then, um, and I, well, and I guess I started, my dad was, is a guitar player. Mm-hmm. And we he had a contemporary Christian band, and I started playing what was first the band. Oh God, I don't remember. <laughs> oh wow, I it was I like, <laughs> oh God, the, 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 <laughs> it's kind of, it was. I don't even want to talk about it. This is this is triggering. I've got this fascination with gospel music, so it's just you know any kind of Christian music. I've got a fascination. with Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting, but but yeah. So there was that, and in that band, at first I was playing auxiliary percussion. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing clarinet in band okay. in middle school. And then I started from there, went to saxophone, and then I started playing saxophone. And then after that, we needed a keyboard player. So I learned to play keyboards and started doing that for a while. Did you do just get lessons or did you teach yourself? Or? Um, kind of both. I yeah. had some lessons, but I was not very teachable when I was younger because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't know. I had ADHD before Sometimes that was a thing. Sometimes you know, you know, your own way or, or, yeah. or playing around with other people and just figuring it out. I think I was just more like a self-learner. Like, yeah, I really just yeah. 
I, I, I got so into the part of the fun of it for me was actually seeing if I could do it myself, mm-hmm. I think. And I think that lended a lot to just my music career in general because I've always just really enjoyed learning new things and getting involved in new music and stuff. But yeah, after that, I guess it started then, then, but then I was started playing kind of for a living in high school. I mean, if you can call it a living, I was living with my parents, but I was making money in high school playing, okay. like playing with um, beach bands and wedding bands and a lot of corporate stuff and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't really enjoy it all that much, but I did want to play for a living. I knew I wanted to do it as a career, I think at that point. Yeah. So I was just trying to make money with it however I could. Um, then I went to college and got a degree in music performance saxophone oh, on the yeah. sax. And then after that, I started my own band. Well, there was actually a period there where I was working in a, a pool noodle factory. But then oh, after wow. that, <laughs> you know, just got a college <laughs> degree. That's, that's what you're, that's what, you know, that's what you want to do with that college degree, you know. Yeah, yeah. But no, after that, then I started getting, going to Charlotte as much as I could you know, to try and get connected with people and ended up starting my own band. It's weird how it started too, because it was like the last night they had like the double door jazz jam. Now that doesn't even exist. Yeah, yeah. But the last night they had that, I met, well, now one of my music partners, Jesse, uh, Jesse Williams. He's a drummer. He's killing. He's actually mm-hmm. on tour with Hannibal Burris right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's killed. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we started um, my first band, my first actual band that I started, original band, let's put it that way, uh, Ministry. And it was not a gospel band at all. It was actually a mm-hmm. marijuana reference. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we did like a lot of neo soul, jazz esque sort of things. And uh, yeah, it was um, that band was a lot of fun. And I joined Metaphonia. Is a something like Frank Zappa sort of stuff. Oh yeah, and hit a bunch of festivals with them, um, and then then started getting connected in Charlotte. Now I live in Charlotte. Yeah, and you, you so you just like do a lot of session work, or you do you have a regular group you play with? Um, well, I'm doing a lot of things with DJs right now, but it's still like weddings and corporate parties and stuff. Okay. I'm touring with um, of Good Nature, which is like a I guess reggae, pop rock kind of group. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just, a, I mean, I play with a lot of different groups. Yeah. yeah. There's tons That's, of different. Yeah. And ministry still exists. Ministry still, yeah, we're, we're in, you know, a little bit of a weird, because after the pandemic, everybody started just trying to find money wherever they could. So, you know, mm-hmm. started going on tour with different groups and stuff. But yeah, it's still, that's still a project that will continue probably pretty soon, honestly. Um, yeah. That's and, cool. You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's hard to even think about all the groups that I've played with. It's like probably 30, 40, 50, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, one of the things besides, like I said, just the, the, the song selection, but having the, just the keyboards and the, and the saxophone in this band, 
really sets it apart from anything else that's going on in, in like punk rock in Charlotte, the underground, whatever you want to call it, scene. Because uh, it's not really all what people perceive as punk rock. Right. Um, I, I think it's just. I think it's just awesome. <laughs> so, <Cool>. uh. <laughs> yeah, and we knew we were on something that at that very first show, and Zach launches into his first sax solo, and then just everyone lost it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh yes. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> yeah. He's our I, secret really weapon. Not just the song selection, too, because like a lot of the songs you play either have sax or, or lend themselves very well to sax. And then, of course, the, the keys and stuff. It's, just, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, and the fun thing, I think, for me, for saxophone, specific on saxophone, playing saxophone in punk, in a punk band, is like I have so much freedom. Like if I take a solo, I could you could just pick a note. Oh, yeah. it, just, it wouldn't matter. Like it's just, it's all kind of fits into the idea of like, it's not you don't want to be too musically sophisticated or mm-hmm. it just comes across completely wrong. Like you want it to sound a little, yeah, yeah, a little rough around the edges, you know? And that may, honestly, it makes it so fun on saxophone. Yeah. yeah. Pop off. <laughs> it works, it's awesome. I love it. Well, thanks. I enjoy it for sure. It's even better when, when you can actually hear you when you get mic very well. Well, yeah, that's sometimes honestly, it doesn't always, always work out. It's always a problem with saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> but you make it up, make up for it by walking through the audience whenever that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely can do that sometimes. You get enough drinks in me, and there's no telling. <laughs> <laughs> Some pictures of you standing on the bar on the last tour with Up Good Nation. <laughs> yeah, always, every show we do something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. We about hurt ourselves sometimes just jumping off the stage, but yeah. It's fun. Cool. Well, let's get to you guys, and your, your story can probably go kind of a little bit yeah. hand in hand. Because Jason, yeah. I asked you one time if you played in any bands early on, but I do kind of want you to talk about what you liked in high school. I think you were friends with some of the punk bands here in Shelby. Talk a little bit about that before we kind of get to the story yeah. of how you got into music, playing music. So I had a really, um, I mean, I was into interesting stuff early on. The first record I ever bought with my own money, I was six years old and bought Kiss Alive. On vinyls. So, Double Platinum wow. was my first one around that age, but it was given to me by my cousin. I can't remember the first one I bought. It was either like John Jett or... I've got Twisted that one Sister. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, I think, seventh grade, I was spending the night with a friend, and uh, we were watching MTV, and it was after midnight, and the video for Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants came on. Nice. Oh, yeah. And my, my buddy that. said, he's like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I said... I love this. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is this is the music I've been looking for, mm-hmm. and uh, and that started me down a, a path of trying to find. You know, I d- just didn't know there were sounds out there that would speak to me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school, I was buying like probably three to five records a week. I was at Books to Furnish a Room in in um, Durham. Okay. Man, I knew every inch of the 20,000 records they had in stock. I knew every single one of them, and I would watch them, and I knew like when they would put, put ones on sale, and I'd save my money and uh, just bought tons of records, and then was a DJ in college at WXYC in Chapel Hill, mm-hmm. uh, and part of that whole Chapel Hill scene, going to lots of shows, like probably four, on average, four shows a week for those four years, yeah. probably. Um, what, what, about what time was this? 90 to 94, okay, which yeah. is like the perfect time to be into the Chapel Hill scene. Yeah, it was. We were so jealous of Chapel Hill in Wilmington. Like, we just wanted to be Chapel Hill. <laughs> I, was, I was up there a lot for shows because I loved all these bands. That, that right. Were so, active yeah, at, that time. I mean, at any, you know, I would see 
Piper, Bicycle Facers, Zen mm-hmm. Frisbee, or Super Chunks so many times. Oh, yeah. All those great bands, some of which are back together now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all, the, all those bands, I think, have performed yeah. recently. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so just very always heavily listening to music. And I had a guitar in the 90s that I tried to teach myself how to play from a book. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I just sort of pick it up and put it down every now and then. I, I used to try to figure out unrest songs, which was oh, nice. yeah, like, hey, I've got a guitar. I think I've tried to play unrest songs. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but then, but I, but Galaxy and I, um, when we picked up the ukulele, that changed a lot of things for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And what was the what what caused that to happen? We were in Shelby Music Store probably to get things for me for orchestra. I was probably trying to get rosin or something. And uh, so we're in Shelby Music, and there's a rack of, like, colorful, cheap ukuleles. I think they're, like, 65 bucks yeah, a piece. little dolphins. Yeah, mm. and there was a sign next to it that said, First meeting Shelby Ukulele Club next week. And Dad said, you want to get ukuleles and join a club? <laughs> because she said, she she made me say that because what she turned to me and said was, Dad, you and I are the kind of people that would be in a ukulele club. Oh, uh, I heard that. But yeah, that's true. We and I was like, right? That, that purple ukulele right there is the one that we bought. Oh. Um, Dad got a black one. I got a purple one. And we went home and learned like four chords from YouTube mm-hmm. and went to the first meeting of Shelby Ukulele Club. And 11 years later, that is the dancing the same same group um, of the original members it's just me dad and Laura who would have been at that first first meeting yeah the very first one and um, of course people have come and gone and now we've got an awesome group and most of the people in the group now have been in for years and years um, but yeah we I played violin in school but not mm-hmm. in any you know I was in the middle of the section, I wasn't an exceptional violinist, yeah, yeah. you know. And do you still um, can you still play violin, or do you play violin at all? I picked it back up recently, and I was able to play scales. It was kind of you know riding a bike, but I still play like a you know tenth grader, that, <laughs> you know, in an orchestra. So you know, I always uh, my stronger suit in the orchestra was that I had a lot of body language; it could direct the people behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, and that that was kind of what kept me in the dancing fleas in the beginning. I didn't still, still <laughs> right, right. I get good at directing a group, um, and then the talent came later. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we we started doing the fleas together, and then Dad just started challenging himself and adding more and more instruments to his repertoire, and then got to a point where he's playing guitar real good. And at that point, um, I was. Uh, we were playing a good number of shows with the Fleas, but we're starting to be interested. I was like, you know, the Fleas are great, but we're not playing the music we listen to. Because yeah. we listen to the same music mm-hmm. pretty much across the board. And I was like, we should start a punk band. So we started a punk band called Cubby. 
Okay. And it was a three-piece. Mm-hmm. And we played two shows. We played once at Hippocat, which okay. was a record store here in oh, Shelby, yeah. Amanda and Luke Edwards. Yeah. Um, and we played an open mic at Newgrass and called that a show. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's and, the other member of the band? Uh, Michael Kimbrell. Uh, his dad is Eric Kimbrell, who's played... Uh, he's in... Um, Medicine Crow now. Medicine okay. Crow now. Yeah. And, yeah, and used to be on a rival paintball team against my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Michael Kimbrell was our drummer. Um, and, yeah, that just kind of fell apart because... I stopped dating Michael. <laughs> so we don't have a drummer anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, we would have kept going in that direction, but I don't think we were ready for it. Were yet. you doing we similar stuff, or were you doing all originals at that time? Or? We had uh, one original. We had one original. One original, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, but nothing really, you're using for y'all or? No, and, and really we were playing a lot of surfy stuff. We were kind of leaning more into the surf or indie direction, yeah. but we were covering Bikini Kill. And we were just trying to like, you know, figure out what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely like laid the groundwork for doing Yaller mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But we're both, you know, better musicians now than we were then and yeah. have more confidence now than mm-hmm. then. So Cubby was fun, but... Um, totally. Yeah. But I like the name. Yeah. C-B-B-I-E or... Why? Why? Yeah. Like, like what you put your lunchbox in a Yeah. Yeah. So was that, was that earlier last year or was that before? Was that a couple of years ago? Pre-pandemic? During? Yeah. Five years ago? Five years ago? Salon wasn't open yet. 2017? Yeah. I wasn't even in hair school yet, I don't think. So, yeah. A couple years after high school. Okay. So after that ended, you all just kept doing Dancing Fleas? Kept doing Dancing Fleas. I mean, the Fleas were... The fleas were a, a big part of our lives, really, and time. Um, at that point, the fleas started picking up. We played, yeah, we started, started playing good bigger gigs. festivals, yeah. and then you know, Galaxy and I went to England and played in a super group and had a lot of really well, amazing experiences and mm-hmm. uh, playing ukulele all over the place. And going to shows. Yeah, there was no, there wasn't as much of a desire to add something else because then the flea started doing more serious things, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just playing in the burger joint or whatever. Yeah. We were actually doing, you know, once we started getting ticketed shows, and we're like, okay, this is awesome. Yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, when did you start Flea Fest? Flea Fest was uh, not this summer, but the summer before so that, was the that was inaugural just a yeah, fest. Yeah. yeah. So. That's cool, too. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. You want to talk about it? Sure. Um, we were... I, I was at the the Mount Airy Ukulele Festival and uh, was there with my bandmates, Jeff and Laura, and we had rented a house, and we were sitting around in the evening talking, and Laura said something like, you know, we could do this, talking about the ukulele festival. Mm-hmm. And I said, hmm, I think you're right. We could. And then there was some more talk, like, maybe we should do it. And, and Laura's just, I think, just waiting for me to say, yes, I'm going <laughs> to head this up. Yes. Yeah. Because once I did it, she said, okay, then it's going to happen. And it did. Uh, we had, uh, like, I don't know, 60 or 70 people for the first one. And it was a full day of, of 
uh, lessons. So mm-hmm. we brought in some outside teachers. We did a full day of lessons. And what was really cool about this is if you've ever been to a ukulele festival, they all kind of have a similar vibe. It's like concurrent sessions like a conference. So you have classes, classes, classes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's a performance at the end or there's some sort of big jam at the end and then everyone hugs and goes their separate ways because the ukulele community is a bunch of sweethearts yeah. and they're, they're the imagine, sweetest, yeah. nice people. So... Um, Usually you have like a Friday night thing and then classes all day Saturday and then some sort of Saturday night thing and then it's done. Or maybe a Sunday thing. So what we did was we were booked to headline Art of Sound that year. And we got the Arts Council to graciously agree to let us use the building the day of Art of Sound. Mm -hmm. So we brought people in. We did the classes all day. And then they got to come on stage with the Dancing Fleas for the first half of our set headlining a music festival. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, how cool, you know, you're some (laughs) ukulele player who wants to, like, learn to play better, and and we all do, and you hang out all day and learn all these these cool tricks and learn these songs, and then you get to be on stage and perform as a headlining act at a music festival? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, super fun time. We did it again last year. And um, I don't know if it'll go, if it'll continue to happen. Sort of up in the air about that right now. Morganton uh, is, or Burke County is doing a really good ukulele festival just yeah. a few, like six weeks ahead of ours, and that might be enough yeah, yeah. for right. this area. And, because you were filling a need, and if the need is filled, right, then great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It's a lot of work, too. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot nice of work. to be like, not have to worry about another thing when you've got plenty of stuff. Oh, yes. you played already. <clears throat> yes. So yeah. six months ahead of time, starting to plan that and bring in, you know, get people lined up and hotels figured out and mm. all that stuff. And yeah. It's it's not a huge moneymaker. I was going to say, it's probably not much, you don't make much money off of it. It's just something you do because you love it. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Kind of like and we want to get everything back Everything else we do. Yeah. The we youth go. community is so great. Uh, but now we're finding other ways to give back to them. So we're going to have, like, I think Saturday, we're going to have a bunch of ukulele players from all over the western part of North Carolina and South Carolina Mm. come over here and just play Christmas songs together. So we're going to have like a little holiday jam. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Let's get this party going Let's refresh months get the flowing The fleas are here It's time to celebrate And so before we get on to y'all, let's talk a little bit about the salon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how'd you get started with that? And, yes. and what have you done with that over the years? Sure. So I um, I went to UNC Asheville, which is funny because I also was a college DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I had a show called Java Jams on their like internet uh, 
uh, <laughs> 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 on their internet radio station. I had like maximum five listeners, but it was really fun regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I knew that I wanted to be a makeup artist and I thought that I was kind of wasting my time getting a bachelor's degree uh, to go have to get a cosmetology degree anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, I left UNCA and started hair school. And then when I left hair school, the plan was to work in a hair salon to like pay the bills. And then the weekends were going to be like, I want to go do theater and I want to be trying to make a name for myself as a makeup artist. But mm-hmm. I'll just work in a hair salon to make ends meet. And then six months into working at this little hair salon, uh, it closed. And that's kind of like a hairdresser's nightmare because when you move salons, you know that you're going to lose some of your clientele because there's going to be people who are dedicated to the area or how close it was to their house or work. And so I was like, I just started. I just started building this clientele. I just quit my job at a coffee shop. I was like, what am I going to do? Um, so <clears throat> Lindsay was my coworker, and she, I said to her, like, where are you going? Because you're a weirdo, and <laughs> wherever you go work is probably going to be a fun place. And she said, Galaxy, you don't want to work at any of these hair salons in Shelby. And I said, okay. And she said, I'm going to go open a little one-person shop somewhere. And I said, can you make it two people? Yeah. And then we called the landlords of the building we were in, and the price was right. And I said, do you want to try to just stay here and – Maybe we'll find somewhere else, but just until we find somewhere, mm-hmm. and then we never left. And yeah. five years later, we're there, and because it was always kind of a, it wasn't a, we're going to be salon owners. It was just fell into place. Mm-hmm. We said, we're going to break all the rules and see if we make it, because if we don't, who cares? Yeah. So we broke all the rules and <laughs> have had a music festival every year, except for the years of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and have had lots of shows, and we used to throw... Um, totally illegal shows in the basement yep. <laughs> and they were a lot of fun and we had bands from like philadelphia and new york city mm-hmm. that were touring like little indie bands that needed somewhere between charlotte and Asheville, and yeah. they would link up with some of these other underground indie bands in the area and so we were a stop for them that was like a an established stop mm-hmm. and um it would always be an after party at my apartment and I would put the bands up, but I didn't have any guest rooms, so they slept on my floor. Yep. <laughs> and I would make them breakfast in the morning, and they were all very appreciative. And um, now I'm looking to cash in some of those connections. Now that I got a band, I'm like, all right, guys, time for you to let me crash on your floor. <laughs> What's kind of funny, too, because I, I, in Of Good Nature, I was talking about earlier, our bass player, we were talking about one of our mutual friends, and he goes, yeah, there was this one time we went to this house show in Shelby in somebody's basement. I was like, that's my girlfriend. Yeah. I'm telling you about it. He's like, oh. So that was kind of a crazy, crazy moment. Yeah, there's still people who who recognize the basement um, all these years later, which is wild to think about because mm-hmm. it was like a maybe eight months that we were doing shows probably every Saturday yeah. at the salon. I heard about it, but I heard about it too late. I'm like, why did I not know that was going on in Shelby? And I was like, I guess it's because I'm too old. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was, I mean, it was a lot of young people. It was yeah. people younger than me. In fact, like, I mean, I was only 22 when mm-hmm. this was going on, 21 maybe even. 
and the, they all called me mom. Yeah. So like <laughs> it was, it, you know, it was it was young. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite okay. bands that played was this band Feelings Club, which actually they put their band back together for my birthday this year, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they played like one of their first ever shows in my basement, and the members were like all fifteen, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> Um, and now a uh, spinoff group from that is Sayer Blair's uh, with Blair Fuligar. But, um, yeah, I, I was watching that when <clears> they <throat> were like 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16 years old in my basement, which is wild. <laughs> now Blair's killing it. Mm-hmm. Now Blair's I've followed her on tour all the way to New York City and back. Yeah. Um, because I just wanted to see the come it come to fruition, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we're sort of caught up to where to y'all are. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. so who wants to talk about? How that got started, and then how everybody kind of got connected there. So, yeah, uh, Marcos was trying to put together this uh, New Year's Eve showcase. Yeah, and from, I think the, he just. From the Ruftons. Yeah, yeah, Marcos from out. the Ruftons. Yeah, my boys. <laughs> we got a show with them Friday, so excited. Um, but I think he just said, You guys are in a punk band, right? And we didn't say no. <laughs> and we had been talking about putting something back together post. Cubby, mm-hmm. and then Dad had a chance to see Kim play. If you want to pick up from there, yeah. yeah. So I went to see Kim play at Recycle, and um, loved her set. And she was super Did you know Kim already? What's that? Did you already know Kim? No, I didn't. But I decided I was going to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> because I went to see her show, and I'm like, uh, I think I told Galaxy, like, I'm going to be Kim's friend. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to her after the show. And I said, hi, I'm Jason. She said, hi, I'm Kim. I said, uh, we are going to be friends. And she said, okay. I was like, it was perfect. <laughs> I, I didn't know Mark yet, but uh, shortly after that, uh, we were the Fleas were playing a show, and Galaxy spotted Mark in the crowd. And she goes, hey, look at that guy. And I said, what, that guy? And she goes, yeah, he's got a, a, a T-shirt that is um, – it's a black flag reference, and it's about beer. That guy's going to be your friend. And I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so once once we made those connections, um, we're like, hey, we're looking for a drummer and a bass player. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we were chatting, and I think somehow drums came up. And it was funny because I remember that conversation because you were like, yeah, so and I didn't even know if you were serious or kidding, but it seemed like you said something about like, so we should start a band and like, you know, you play drums. We just need a bass player. And I don't think like you didn't know. I didn't and know. I was like, point <laughs> 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 that mark. I know. Ah, score. So, <laughs> so you hadn't played drums in a band in a while, had you? Um, you do, I'm sure you did some not races or since recording. moving back here. Yeah. So actually, yeah, my last show was in Atlanta at the Earl in, I'll say fall of 2019 mm-hmm. for guy's birthday party so yeah i had not touched my drums since 2019 and so this was about a year ago yeah, now yeah. when we had that conversation probably so a few years mm-hmm. yeah and then we had our first like practice here and at the end of it kim said so did we make the cut <laughs> and then me and dad said did we make it? I was like, she asked us if she made it. I was like, that's so flattering. <laughs> and then um, I think it was probably like our second or third practice that I kind of like 
gently mentioned because he is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And again, Cubby broke up because I broke up with somebody. So I was <laughs> like, my boyfriend plays sax and keys. Like maybe he could come and sit in at a practice. And everybody seemed pretty receptive to mm-hmm. it. And then our first practice with Zach, it was like a no brainer that he yeah. needed to just be in the band for sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, then we played New Year's and now we've, now we're doing the thing. Well, I can remember like you just being like, I think I'm going to start a punk band. I was like, I want to be in a punk band. Oh. I don't even know what that is, but I want to do it. You know? It's kind of always. It's so cute. Yeah, Zach, Zach doesn't know. He's so well read in the music <laughs> world, except for this genre. So, you know, I'll make references and be like, I want you to sound like this band. He has no idea what I'm talking about. and But that's, I think, part of what really makes you. That's the exciting was, addition yeah, is like, that you're not trying to be anybody in the punk world. You're just being Zach Wheeler. You know? Basically. Yeah. But listen, just listening, you'd been playing playing stuff for me, just trying to kind of let me get a taste of your musical taste for so long that I was like, hmm, I'm gonna get, I have not heard any of this. I need to give this a shot. And yeah, definitely the first rehearsal was like, well, that was cool. We should do this. <laughs> and honestly, having experience with bands and doing it, I was like, we should totally do this. Mm-hmm. Like, we could, we could definitely make this happen. Super. Yeah, it was just fun, like yeah. two, two practices though without you. So you've been there at the beginning. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Well, so you played the show on New Year's, and you said that was you thought that was probably just going to be it, just to, or you put well, it, you put it together just for we, that. Well, we wanted we put it together for that, but we wanted definitely mm-hmm. to keep playing yeah, shows. Yeah, and once yeah, we yeah. knew that we could do it, and that people kind of liked how we sounded, we were like, all right. So now let's book some shows. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we had like a really stale period because everybody books four to six months out. Yeah, that's what we ended up doing that show in, was it March last year? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the Rooster Show was the next show we did after that. And then we only recently started coming to fruition the shows that we booked back in March, you know, as it goes. (laughs) But I saw on my, came up on my like memories on Facebook three days ago, a picture of the flyer for the New Year's gig. So I was like, okay, this time last year we were practicing. Mm-hmm. Like It was right around now that we were like putting this band together, which is really exciting. It's hard to believe it's only been a year. I know. Wow. We're, we're doing really good. Uh-huh. It only took the Dancing Fleas eight years to get these kinds <laughs> of gigs, you know. So it's exciting to see it happen in one year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that show at the Rooster was supposed to just be four bands. But then when I saw oh, you yeah. guys, I'm like... I You're think there's going to be five bands now if they can do it. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. and I'm glad and I did because the reception y'all got was, was great. People people still talk about it. I'm like, come back out and see them again. Like, oh, yeah. You guys are playing this Friday at Tommy's. Yes. You're playing the Roosters sometime soon, aren't you? Well, we were supposed to play. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting mixed yeah. up. That was last week. That was <laughs> we're, we're sending dates back yeah. and forth. We're going to yeah. try to get something on the books with them as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I got kind of confused. I'm like, did that? I think that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which, up. yeah, me and Kim. So like, I didn't see it nice. recently. We had fun uh, playing our solo stuff at the yeah. Rooster. That was, that was that a was great really show. Fun. Yeah. I loved, like, everything both of you did. But I especially loved the last song you played. I, I was I was had tears in my eyes. Oh, so good. That's a good one. That so one checks me up, too, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love the message behind it. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's really our whole thing is, like, Music is good for you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good for, I don't know, 
it's important yeah. <laughs> playing yeah. in a, and we're both performers just in by <clears throat> nature, <laughs> you know, you teaching for all those years and mm-hmm. it's performing has motivated us to become better musicians. Um, so I feel really grateful that I'm able to get on a stage because that really motivates me to get better. Same. So yeah, thank you for giving <laughs> us more opportunities to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, as yeah. Par- partially, you know, having another show on the books following new year's, did give us that momentum to go, to keep going. And, you know, it could have fizzled out if it was like we didn't have a show then and our next one was July or later, you know. Yeah. It could have, yeah. And we wrote, happened. we wrote songs for that show. I mean, by that show, we played, like... Three originals? Three originals? And, yeah. Now we got a set of mostly originals. Yeah. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We want to record an EP in January, if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the next step. Yeah. Honestly, is how quickly we've written original, like as many as we've written. That that part. It's cool once you get comfortable with like playing the originals you've got, and then playing the covers you play. It helps you kind of figure out or get you better at writing songs faster too, because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. used to how all oh, that's going to sound good. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's once you get more sound. comfortable playing together as a group, it all comes together quicker anyway. It's fascinating to me because like the way our sound has evolved. We've, we we experimented for a while with like doing some like faster stuff or slower heavier stuff and mm-hmm. and now we've got two songs where we just kind of do these improvisational bits yeah. that I really love <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it, we we do a whole improvs you know yeah it's jazz it's, it's, it definitely crosses over it's yeah. that's what I'm telling my friends for this Tommy's Pub thing I'm mm-hmm. like you guys are not going to believe this <laughs> like this is nothing you've ever heard me play before but then still. You'll recognize my sound, you know, like I don't, it's been nice to not have to shift much. That's been kind of neat, honestly. Yeah. I'm excited to see you guys at Tommy's. And this, this episode, I'm going to edit it all tomorrow since it's Thanksgiving. I don't have much to do. Oh, cool. I'm going to get it edited and put it out Friday so the people that are listening to it can come out to Tommy's Pub tonight and Heck yeah, if you're listening yeah. to the day this drops. But that's, Come out that to Tommy's is, Pub uh, tonight, y'all. It's <laughs> November 24th and I always have to say like, you know, this is 2023 because somebody might listen to this next year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So since we're in the like promoting things, yeah, let's, let me... let's talk about like the dates that everybody has coming up and all the different projects you've got and, and where you can find like music out there online. 
And, and if there's anything I've forgotten to talk about that anybody wants to interject or say, I kind of throw yeah. that out at the end in case um, I forgot to ask a question of somebody. That, right now, our only recordings are a couple recordings done in this room, single mm-hmm. take um, on SoundCloud. So yeah. if you look up Yaller, there's a handful. Again, we were hoping to put out some other stuff. And I'll put links to all the stuff in the totally. description of the podcast that you can usually find on wherever you're listening to this. Um, as far as upcoming gigs, uh, we will be playing in Greenville, South Carolina on January 12th with uh, Indoor Kids. Who else? Um, Ruftons. The Ruftons, mm-hmm. yes. And um, trying to find it. It's it's going to be a big old show. That, we'll make sure it's is all that in radio there. room or yeah, uh, no, no. Uh, Velo 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 yeah okay yeah Velo Fellow yeah Velo Fellow yeah um, and then we'll be playing February second in High Point, North Carolina, at a place called sixteen fourteen, and we'll be opening for Killed by Death, the Motorhead tribute band that Luke Edwards yeah, yeah. is in. <laughs> I want to come see that. I'm very excited about that because that's always a fun show too. I took yeah. my nephew to see it this past time they Aww. played at the Rooster. And th- it was just such a long show, and he'd already sat through. He was already, already a good sport and sat through the ZZ Top band, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had to leave a little bit early, so I kind of hated it. I didn't get to hang out and talk to Luke, but you know, I'll, I'll come see that that show if I can. We yeah. just cool. added another Tuesday um, where we will be playing with two indie bands, which is pretty exciting. And let me pull that up here real quick. That one will be... Um, the bands, while it tries to maybe pull up, if it will, are Planet Size Planet and mm-hmm. Lamps Required, and we will be at um, Skylark. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm blanking on the date, but it is a February date. And but. the Dancing Fleas have something coming up as well? Oh, yeah, we got all, stuff coming all up, sorts probably. of stuff coming up. Lots of up. Christmas stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Christmas. So we're playing the tree lighting Saturday night here in Shelby. But then next uh, next Friday, we're playing the Spillway in Marion. Mm-hmm. So it'll be our first time at Marion. And that is, uh, as far as I know, that is an unticketed show, mm-hmm. which is kind of a rarity for us these days. Yeah. Uh, then the next Saturday night, we'll be at 185 King. I know the next day we'll be at the Rooster okay. to do our Christmas show, our holiday show, Feliz Navidad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the following Saturday after that, we'll be doing the same show at 185 King, at, at Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues. We just played 185 King last yeah, week. Um, and yeah, and we've got, I mean, we're already booking um, potentially a tour into to Ocracoke in March. Mm-hmm. Um so it looks like we're going to be playing at least two dates on the Outer Banks in March. Nice. And we've got shows coming up in South Carolina. And we're looking at booking. Uh, we're, we're talking to the Gray Eagle about a date in March. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the fleas are, are cooking right now. So nice. that's, that's, that's good. good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We're sort of figuring out our, like, figuring out sort of where our fan base is and where we're going to draw people and sort of like what our price point is yeah, and all yeah. that kind of music business stuff. But it's been fascinating to me, like, cause I run the fleas mm-hmm. and galaxy pretty much runs Yaller and 
booking the fleas and booking punk bands <laughs> totally different thing. Yeah. So, like when I'm booking the fleas, I'm negotiating stuff with our writer and our you know what we get what we have on stage mm. and things like that, and we're playing three hour shows sometimes. Yeah, and. With Galaxy, it's like um, show up this time, this day, yeah. right? Or, we'll, or we'll give, we'll give you however much money we can. Yeah. We get, yeah, <laughs> we'll right. Split it up. We'll split it up, or um, you know, oh yeah, we'll book you now. You've got to find more bands to get on the yeah, ticket yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, we'll book you if you can book a band that draws better than yeah, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Damn, I've heard, I've heard that. like that. You know? It's Ruthless, it's kind of crowd <laughs> out here. It is the biz for sure. Hey, I've heard that one like years into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. we know. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear our music. <laughs> yeah, so that oh, was a that music. was a wild one. Yeah. Oh, um, I got. Um, well, you can look me up on Spotify, mm-hmm. and I have my own solo stuff at Jazzy Zach with an H. Okay. At the end. Um, I actually will be playing some of that on the 30th. It's Steeples Club right here in Shelby. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, that'll just be me and a speaker. I'll be playing a bunch of saxophone. Uh, other than that, oh, I'm going on a New Year's tour with Of Good Nature, which I mentioned earlier. And mm-hmm. that'll be all over the Northeast. Um, and then, yeah, just y'all are stuff mainly. A yeah. bunch of weddings. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, y'all need to play a wedding. Oh god, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. please play the wedding. I think. Yeah. I think Van Huskins has technically played a wedding reception. Um, cool. We played a show with the Menders, and this guy all got cooked up the day before. Um, I met I met Wes out at uh, Cavendish. He's like, "Yeah, we're playing this wedding reception tomorrow night at, at Freeman's." He's like, "We got to play for like three hours." He's like, man, we're going to take a break in the middle. It'd be nice to have another band to play. And I'm like, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. wedding reception at Freeman's Pub. Okay. Dude, the Fleas got called the best funeral band uh, in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we played two funerals, two funerals and one wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. What you got so, coming up, Kim? Um, I'm playing next Wednesday at Old Town Public House. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where it is. Huntersville, maybe? Yeah, it's like one of those little towns, you know, Lake Norman. Up near Lake, yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, but this guy, Mike Alec, does a um, like a songwriter series there. So it's a, in the round. Um, and he's amazing. He's such a great guitar player. And they usually, it's him and like two other songwriters. They usually put me in the middle because I'm usually the only girl up there. And I get to sit beside Mike and watch him play guitar, and it's just ridiculous because he's so good. Um, so I'm doing that. That's next next week. And then um, December 2nd, I'm playing at that Velo Fellow spot in Greenville. And my friend Andrew from Atlanta, like he's basically part of my band in Atlanta. He's going to come down for that show and play mm-hmm. pedal steel with me. So I'm excited about that. And that'll be my last show of the year. And I usually take January and February off from doing Good Graces stuff. Because I'm just, I don't like winter. <laughs> and yeah. I like to just hibernate, you know. I've always um, sort of like booked real lightly in the winter. Yeah. Basically, something really good came up. I totally. Yeah, it. same thing. I've got some stuff in March. Um, and I'm going to be playing with Danielle Howell at a um, house show near Charleston um, 15th. Yeah, March 15th. Um, seems like I might have something else in March, but that's the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And Mark, you've got whatever y'all are asking about. I'm, 
I'm bad monogamous. Exclusive. I started a band with two bass players, but I don't know why we couldn't have three. So I'll have to do it. Oh, yes. Was there, was there anything else that um, you guys wanted to say or that I forgot to ask about? Or? Follow us on Instagram. It's y.all.re. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, Yaller. It is Y apostrophe A L L apostrophe R E. It's not Yallery. It's, <laughs> it's a colloquial contraction for you all are. Like, y'all are pretty good. Y'all are a cool band. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that was one thing I did forget to mention. <laughs> yeah. It was how you yeah. pronounce the name and yeah. all that stuff. So now Siri yeah. screws it up. She uh, says Yari. Yeah. Yari. <laughs> so does Alexa. We gotta get famous enough that Siri yeah, and Alexa have so. heard of us. Mm-hmm. Don't change, right? right. <laughs> Speaking of something like Artificial that, I was coming back from Legends. I was coming back from Asheville recently and um I just had my GPS on just to make sure I didn't miss my turn coming coming back. I've done that drive so many times, but it said something about taking, you know, this exit to Shelby Rufton, and I'm like it said Ruffton on my GPS. Yeah. Somebody's got to say that. That'll get fixed pretty soon. I bet it's fixed by now, but I was like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Check out the Ruftons. That's another thing I want to say. Yeah. Always got to shout out our boys, the Ruftons. We love them. We're so glad that we have so many upcoming shows with them. Yeah. Sweetie yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love the, the way this scene is all like knit together, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a bunch of supportive people. We saw that at that rooster show, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It, it, it felt like everybody, you know, we were the, the youngest band, you're the newest band on the stage. And we felt so much support from everybody mm-hmm. at that show. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just, it's a cool scene. I had, yeah. a, I built, I booked a really nice show that with a bunch of friends. So yeah. it was cool to, cool to have all those people in that room. And it, it brought some people out. There's been some shows over there since that should have brought some people out to have it. And mm-hmm. I, don't know what we can do to get people out there, but yeah, you, know, you just got to build that perfect show and hope that there's not another perfect show over in Charlotte same night, right? Yeah. Which is what right. happened last. Support time, so. your local music yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Support your local venues. You know, yes. go see local bands. Mm-hmm. Or at least buy a shirt. It's, it's gotten better. It's gotten band. better. A few years ago, it was really bad, especially for punk rock bands. You'd have like five people show up on a Saturday night. Sometimes it's like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. pandemic kind of made people rethink things and you know it's not sustained as well as i'd like for it to have but it's still like it still holds up yeah, yeah. People, still more people going out than there used to be yeah Definitely. Uh, i mean we're still going to shows all the dang time yeah. i don't keep doing them anyway so your ten dollars yeah, right. <laughs> at a local show goes way further than the 250 dollars at these big you yeah, know, yeah. Amphitheaters. and let's be honest taylor swift is not that good y'all oh, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> That was a oh, definitely doesn't need movie. your. She definitely doesn't need your cash. Uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, they don't need your cash. Buy a T-shirt. <laughs>
been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production. Right, this is part Why did I talk like this the whole time? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> also, we have Kim in our bed. <laughs> yeah, that should work out.